Good morning. Good morning. Oh, I'm so happy to be home again. Oh, I love it here. I brag about you all all the time. I tell folks, oh, I get to speak at Lancaster Metaphysical this Sunday. They're like, you sound really excited. I'm like, yes, I am. I said, they're so loving and wonderful. I could share like my latest recipe for pecan pie. And when I finished, they'd be like, that was the most inspiring thing we've heard all year. Because you all are so encouraging and so loving. And I am super excited and very grateful to be with you on this beautiful spring day. Isn't it lovely after the winter we had? We were due for a beautiful day like this. I thought I would tell you a story. So I'm going to tell you a story. It's a story about a man named David. Not David in the Bible, different David. When David was a young man, he went to college. And he studied journalism. While he was in college... He met a young lady, as so often happens when people go away to college. Her name was Anne. And they fell in love, and they graduated and got married, and both got jobs, decided to start a family. They moved into this beautiful small town, and David got a job working at the local newspaper. And he loved his work. And he loved his wife, and they had children, and he loved his children. And he loved the area where they lived. It was beautiful. And over time, David became less and less happy with his situation. As the years passed, his work seemed a little bit more tedious, and his life seemed more stressful. And it got to the point where one day he woke up in the morning, he opened his eyes while he still laid in bed, and he just sighed at the thought of having to go through another day. He swung his feet to the side of the bed and stood up, shuffled downstairs to get a cup of coffee, looked at the newspaper while he was drinking his coffee, and all he saw in the paper was the economy's bad and there's violence here and there's war there. And he just sighed. And he looked over the top of the paper at his wife cooking breakfast and he thought to himself, how did I end up here? She looks so tired. And she's not the woman that I married. I don't even recognize her anymore. And he thought about the fight that they had had the night before and how critical and judgmental she's become over the years. And then he put the paper down, went upstairs, got dressed to go to work. And he grunted a goodbye on the way out the door, hopped in his car, was driving to the newspaper. And he said to himself, why did we ever decide to move here? There's just nothing here. This place is a big nothing. And as he came around the corner to go on Main Street, which is the way he went every day, he noticed there was a new store at the end of the block. They have one of those open banners, you know, when they open a new store and they have one of those big open banners so you can see. And he didn't really feel like going to the office anyway. So he pulled in. And it was a curiosity shop. 
And he's like, well, I'm a journalist. I'm a curious guy. Let me go in there. And he went into the shop. And there were all kinds of notions and different things he hadn't seen. And he saw an old man in the back of the shop. And he just went to say hello and, and to ask him, uh, you know, about the store and why he'd come here. And the old man was so kind. He had sparkling blue eyes and a big smile. And David instantly liked him. And he found himself telling his story to this man about how he had had this great life and it just slowly deteriorated to this place where he hated everything in his life and he was miserable. And the old man smiled and looked at him and said, I think I have just the thing for you. And he went up to a display case near the front door and he opened it up and he pulled out a pair of eyeglasses. David looked at him kind of funny. He's like, I don't have a vision problem. I don't need glasses. And the old man said, just try them on and see what you think. So David put them on and he looked around the room and nothing looked different. But he liked the way they felt. There was just something, there was a rightness about them. So he's like, you know what? I think I'll take them. And the old man told him, hey, you know what? If you don't like them after a few days, you can bring them back. So David paid for the glasses and out the door he went. And when he walked towards, towards his car, he noticed a park across the street with these beautiful daffodils that were blooming. And he's like, wow, I wonder why I didn't notice those before. They're so beautiful. And he got in his car and he drove to work. And when he got in the office, he said hi to all his coworkers and he just felt light and happy to see them. He sat at his desk and the project that had felt so weighty and tedious the day before, he actually was excited to work on today. And the day flew by. It was the best day at work he'd had in a long time. And he went home, got in his car, drove home, and when he crossed the threshold of his home, he looked at his wife and he had to look again. Because Anne was, she looked just like she did the day he married her. She looked young, and she was smiling, and she was loving. He could see how loving she was towards the children. And then he took the glasses, and he like took them off so he could look without them. And she looked like old, cranky, critical Anne. And then he put the glasses back up, and sure enough, she looked totally different. And he said to Anne, he's like, hang out here. I'll be right back. And he jumped in his car, and he drove to the store. And the old, he said to the old man, he's like, keeping the door, the old man's like, oh, are you going to bring the glasses back? He's like, are you kidding? I had the best day ever. What are these glasses? You have to tell me what they are. And the old man told him, those are love lenses. When you look through them, you're looking through the eyes of love. And everything you see you will see differently when you're looking through those lenses. I think about how I see the world sometimes when I'm not wearing love lenses. 
There's different kinds of lenses you can wear. Fear lenses. Scarcity lenses. Judgment lenses. Jealousy lenses. And as I tick those off, I, I imagine some of you, like myself, are thinking about times when I was seeing through those lenses. When you look at the world, there's going to be a little audience participation here for just a minute. When you look at the world, our world today, through fear lenses, what do you see? Go ahead and call it out. What do you see when you're looking through the lenses of fear? Okay. We're not going to name people specifically. Turmoil. I heard turmoil. I don't get political in my sermons. False experience appearing real. What else do you see when you're looking through the lens of fear? Violence. You see war. What else? Anything else? Cruelty. Four more years of Trump. I'll say it. Racism. Sexism. You see all this, all this turmoil when you're looking through the lenses of fear. If you look through the lenses of love, what might you see? In the world, you might see smiles, hope, cooperation. cooperation. You might see the wonder of nature. You might beauty, yes. You might see the beauty of the world. And I am not suggesting that we take a Pollyanna view and say, oh, there's nothing wrong. Everything's lovely. There can be a balance, and we can look and see that there is trouble in our world, but not be paralyzed by it. When we're looking through the lenses of love, I call that God vision, the vision of broader perspective, the vision of the great beloved, able to see beyond fear. Consider for a moment what your smaller circle, we did the world, what your smaller circle looks like when you're looking through the eyes of fear Anger, resentment, jealousy, judgment, criticism. In your workplace, in your families, in your friendships, with your neighbors. And then consider what that might look like looking through the lenses of love. I love Byron Katie. I don't know who all, is anybody here familiar with the work by Byron Katie? I see a few hands going up. Byron Katie, she's really good. Y'all you, you, might want to look into her. Um, she, uh, she says, everyone loves me. They just don't know it yet. <laughs> I love that. I think that's great. Because when we're looking through the lenses of love, that's true. What keeps us from being able to do that is our fear and our anger, and our resentment, and our belief in scarcity, abundance. Let me just tell you right now, abundance is not like pie. If somebody else gets some, that doesn't mean you're missing out. Abundance is infinite, like our God. Amen? Amen. Yeah. Got a little Baptist stuff going there, sorry. (laughs) I know that I conduct myself differently in relationships when I'm seeing with a lens of love and compassion. You know, I imagine if David weren't fictional and we were able to have an interview with him, 
and we asked him before he got those lenses how he felt about himself, it probably wouldn't be very good. Maybe without those lenses, he would look in the mirror and see, I should be more. I should be working at a bigger newspaper. I should have more money. I should have a bigger house. This isn't who I expected to be. When I'm in a place like that with myself, I'm not able to wear my love lenses in my interactions with others. So I invite you to consider what it might be like to put on those love lenses and to see yourself, see yourself through the eyes of love. See yourself the way the creator of all sees you whole, complete, healed, perfect, the beautiful creation of the divine. Can you imagine standing in the mirror and looking at yourself without any shoulds? Oh, I should be this. I should be that. I got too many crow's feet, you know. I've got too many wisdom highlights. That's my gray hair. I call them wisdom highlights. To be able to set that aside and wear your love lenses, consider how your day might look different. I work as a psychotherapist, and in my work, I find there are a lot of people looking to get from others what they need to give themselves. They're looking to human, limited creatures for what the infinite could give them, the beloved could give them, if they were aware of their own goodness. So when we know that for ourselves, it changes how we relate to others. I don't need you to be anything for me if I know I have everything I need. You get to just be you. I don't need you to treat me a certain way. I don't need you to do things for me. I'm able to just love you in whatever way you show up. There is so much freedom in that. And that's available to us if we can wear our love lenses. If you're able to wear your love lenses as you look at the world, because when I look through the lenses of fear, I get paralyzed. I'm like, there is just too much stuff that needs fixing. And it's too big for me, right? I have a dear friend. I love you, Ann Lemon. Ann has a theory she calls the hula hoop theory. So a hula hoop is about that big, right? And she says that when you get overwhelmed with what all's out there, just, just keep track of what's in your hula hoop. Just know you're responsible for what's in your hula hoop. And when you've got all that working, then you can think about what's going outside your hula hoop. I'm not there yet, by the way. I'm still trying to straighten out what's in my hula hoop, which I think is the point. But when, I'm wearing, when we wear our love lenses and we look out at the world, regardless of who our leadership is, we can see possibility. We can see hope. You all said it. We can see the beauty of this earth. And we don't have to feel weighted down and bogged down and helpless and hopeless. It's up to us, though, 
Now, we don't have a curiosity shop that we can go to and get those magic eyeglasses. But what I encourage you to do, and what my intention is to do, is to notice when I'm not wearing my love lenses. And how might I notice that? When I'm in fear, when I'm in anxiety, when I'm in resentment, if I'm in any of those places, when I'm in feeling personally inadequate, if I'm in any of those places, then it's time for me to put on, take off my fear glasses, take off my resentment glasses, put on my love lenses, seeing the way that God sees. When we can do that, it's then that we can feel peace, and we can feel comfort, even in the middle of everything going haywire. Nothing in the story, nothing changed except David's seeing. How powerful is that? What tremendous power you have available to you through the great goodness, through God. To be able to just change your vision. That's you, that's an inside job. And I don't know about y'all, but I need help. So I ask for help a lot. And I have a seminary dean, Reverend Mark Fowler. He's amazing. He says, if we knew all the divine help available to us at any given moment, we would never be afraid to do anything ever again. The host of heaven sit perched on the edge of their seats just waiting for us to go, help me. And they come swooping in. We just have to ask. And so I do. I ask for that help. When I'm aware that I'm in anxiety, I'm in resentment, I'm in fear, I can ask for help and say, help me put those love lenses on. Help me to walk through the world believing everybody loves me, they just don't know it yet. Yeah, that grumpy cashier at Walmart loves me, she just doesn't know it yet. Yeah. That next door neighbor who's feeling very territorial. They love me, they just don't know it yet. That annoying coworker. Yeah. When I'm able to see through the eyes of love, it lightens everything. You all were just sitting here laughing about that. It just lightens things. Our, I don't believe our lives were intended to be a, a time of struggle and hardship and difficulty all the time. I just don't believe that. I believe in a joyful, happy, delighted God that wants us to live in the same way through love and light and happiness, seeing our wholeness, seeing the wholeness in others, seeing the wholeness in our world. And that's what I want to leave you all with this morning. Just consider taking on this task of knowing, hey, I've got the wrong glasses on and put on a different pair so that you can see your world, your relationships, and yourself totally differently. Thank you so much for letting me be here this morning. God bless you.